Hey there, and welcome to the Jimmy's Table podcast at jimmystable.com. I'm your host, Jimmy Humphrey. I'm curiously evangelical, politically homeless, and a dreamer of small things. On this podcast, I'm having conversations about the intersection of faith, life, and culture. So if you have honest questions, aren't afraid to have difficult conversations, and want to have a little fun along the way, then pull up a chair. This podcast is for you. Happy Labor Day weekend, everybody. Hope everybody's having a good week and celebrating their Labor Day and the celebration of unions and barbecue and all the things that go together with that. Or uh, maybe just start like me and having a mostly lazy three-day weekend. Uh, hope it's been great. Just saying. And in light of Labor Day for the holiday, I thought I would talk about work today. And episode 163 of the Jimmy'sTable.com podcast today, I'm going to be talking about why quiet quitting is no way to work or to live. Now, that phrase, quiet quitting, you might be asking what that means. Quiet quitting is a recent trend you may or may not be aware of uh, in our culture. For those of you who are unfamiliar with this concept, quiet quitting is a movement that has been rising in popularity and popping up all over social media, where employees choose to no longer go, quote-unquote, above and beyond or the quote-unquote proverbial extra mile when it comes to their jobs. Quiet quitters are individuals who feel burned out on corporate America and their jobs. They are tired of saying yes to everything, volunteering for special projects, working all sorts of insane extra hours, and pretty much being available around the clock and doing things outside their job description. They believe that they should quote-unquote act your wage, which is, I think, a pretty clever saying, act your way when it comes to work. So you should only get paid for the things that you get paid to do and act like it. So if you are a secretary, you should not be acting like you're the CFO of the company. If you are acting like CFO, you should get paid like the CFO. So that's the general philosophy behind what quiet quitting is all about. But lest there be some sort of mistake Um, When it comes to the notion of quiet quitting, the notion of quiet quitting doesn't mean that you should become a slacker at work. Those who talk about quiet quitting and preach quiet quitting, when they talk about work, they say that when you're at work, you should do 100% of what is expected of you, and that you should give your best and you should give your all while you're on the clock, because after all, that is what you're being paid to do. But all that extra stuff... Well, when it comes to the extra stuff, quiet quitters are checking out. It comes to doing more than what's expected of them. The quiet movement is ultimately about trying to find a healthy work-life balance and creating healthy boundaries uh, in, in the workplace that frees them from the tyranny of the capitalist class and their boss and those who would put a boot on their neck. <laughs> so... With that said, there's a lot of things I like about quiet quitting and the movement that's associated with it. I think, I think you can definitely see the appeal here. And you know, every day, having been somebody that's been uh, working now for what, 24, 25 years of my life, uh, since I was 16 years old, there's a lot of things I like about this, and I understand the appeal and sympathize with many of the arguments uh, that people on LinkedIn, TikTok, and the blogosphere are ultimately making when it comes to quiet quitting. 
I definitely understand and sympathize um, with uh, the idea of selling your soul company store, as the old song goes. Because um, there's definitely been times in my life where I worked until I could work no more. And work consumed me. And the effects it had on my life, they kind of sucked. <laughs> they weren't very good. I worked a lot and, uh, you know, all of my life just felt like work at some point. So when you get into a situation like that, you know, burnout and overwork are real things. Um, and I believe those are things that we need to be careful to guard against. Not only because working yourself to death is bad for your life outside of work, um, but at the end of the day, it, it's really just bad for actual work too. Studies have shown uh, that we can only work so much. And at some point, putting in all those extra hours will actually cause you to decrease and not increase your actual productivity levels at work. And you're more likely to make costly mistakes. And I know there's a lot of industries, especially in the world of finance and medicine and law and some other types of industries where you know, they're all about getting people to work more than 40 hours a week or 50 hours a week or 60 hours a week. Uh, I know some people in those industries that have worked 70, 80, 90, 100 hours in a week, and it's almost a badge of honor, uh, and it's almost kind of a hazing-type experience, um, like a college hazing-type experience that people ultimately put a lot of these types of workers through. Um, it's a rite of passage, and it's something that if you're in those industries and other industries like it, um, it's just an expectation with the nature of the job, and people just expect you to do it because that's what everybody else did before them. Um, but you know, there's been a lot of studies to show that question the wisdom of that, and that's actually a good thing. Um, so for those of you who are in that industry, as many of those of you who may be in charge, you know, maybe consider uh, not working your employees to death, because that would be great. <laughs> ah. But at the end of the day, I believe to be great workers, we all ultimately need to prioritize our physical and mental health. We need times like a biblical Sabbath day where we take a day of rest, where we just turn everything off and just enjoy life. We need to be able to have time in our lives, to put time in at the gym, to prioritize our health. Uh, to cook and eat healthy and not just eat a bunch of takeout food, um, to do activities that bring us joy, spend time with loved ones, and, you know, at the end of the day, just unplug from everything and take a break and relax and just uh, detox from everything that we do in our lives and especially when it comes to work. Work hard, you know, work long, and these things, I believe, they're important to do. But at the end of the day, I don't believe work is the ultimate thing that we are called to strictly focus on with our lives. But with that said, I believe there are some things about this quiet quitting movement that, you know, while I like some of these things, there's just some of these things I just can't tolerate. And I believe them to ultimately be corrosive to our souls. First, the idea of quiet quitting just flies in the face of the teachings of Jesus. You know, this entire idea of not ex going the extra mile, um, you know, that's 
actually a direct contradiction of the teachings of Jesus. Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount that whoever forces you to go with them one mile, go with him too. And the Apostle Paul said when it came to work, we should not just carry out our task with a sense of eye service and as man pleasers, people who are you know, sitting there just watching the clock and watching it tick down and to see if the boss is looking, to see if the boss is tracking you, to, to see if the boss is watching over your shoulder to see, make sure you're working. Um, we're not supposed to be people who do that as Christians. We're not supposed to be people who operate as eye-serving man-pleasers. But the Apostle Paul taught that when we do our work, we should do our work as unto the Lord instead of men. For Christians, we aren't just doing whatever it takes to get by at work. And if that's you, that's not to say that there's not room for some downtime at work and stuff like that. There certainly is. But as Christians, when it comes to our work, we work ultimately for the glory of God alone. And that sense of working for the glory of God alone causes us to not simply work to get by or to get a paycheck or to make your boss wealthy. When we as Christians work, whatever the job is, we're supposed to bring a sense of meaning and purpose to that work, no matter what the task, no matter how mundane. And I know sometimes that's pretty challenging. And let me tell you about the mundane job task that I've had before where I just did not feel like I was doing it for the glory of God. Uh, <laughs> I, I've, I've been there. I know what that's like. I've not always been uh, in the world of big, bad banking at the end of the day. I, I know what it's like to have very menial, depressing, low-paying, physically exhausting, mentally drudgery-type work. And I get that. But you know, because as a Christian we're infused with this sense of Doing our work is unto the Lord and ultimately to the glory of God. We bring about a sense of purpose to our task no matter how much or how little it pays or how many of the job or how, quote-unquote, beneath us it may feel. Um, and because of this, this mentality that has you know, been in Christian circles for centuries now, um, the famous sociologist Max Weber um, called this philosophy of work that Christians, especially Protestant Christians, have been known to have over the years as the quote-unquote Protestant work ethic. And that's a work ethic that I gladly celebrate. I think that's good theology at the end of the day, and it's theology that should make inroads into our lives and into our jobs and into everything that we do. Secondly, I believe quiet quitting isn't just a bad theology problem. I believe that quiet quitting is also just a bad philosophy of work. While I totally respect and affirm the idea that it's necessary to set healthy boundaries at work, I believe this only look, looking to do what's quote-unquote required of me at work will negatively impact the quality of the work that you engage in. And it's also a guaranteed way to fail to do the best at your job. I personally believe, and this is based on my experience, this isn't based on any study, but based on my experience, that unless you seek to go above and beyond at work, and unless you strive to give 110%, and, and I know it's not possible to give 110%, but you strive 
to give 110% because if you don't strive to give 110% at the end of the day, you'll never actually do the 100% of the work that's ultimately required of you to do. And this tendency we have as humans to ultimately miss the mark when it comes to the things we do, unless we strive to give more than we feel like we can give, I don't believe we'll ever put our best work out there. And the only way you can meet that 100% quality of work that you're supposed to do while you're at work, I believe is if if you ultimately have to dig deep and strive to give 110%. Because if we only strive to give 100%, we can be sure that we'll actually do less than the required amount of work. And you'll likely, at the end of the day, settle for becoming a mediocre employee who never, quote-unquote, truly works their wage. Third point. It's often said that nobody on their deathbed wishes they would have spent more time in the office. And believe me, (laughs) I understand the sentiment. I really do. But at the same time, I think that's something of a shame. Because working and working hard is something that makes the world a better or more beautiful place. By working hard, we ultimately unlock the potential of the world to flourish and to create something valuable and beautiful for all to enjoy. God ultimately created the marble and placed it in the ground. And that's great. Marble is beautiful in and of itself. But marble would stay forever in the ground if it were not for the men who engaged in the back-breaking work to go digging in that ground and extract it. And if it weren't for those men, then men like Michelangelo wouldn't be able to take their talented hands and sculpt things like the David. And I don't know about you, But I wish we all kind of lived in a world where such people maybe spent just a little bit of extra time in the office. Maybe if we had a little bit more marble, we would have a little bit more in the ways of Michelangelo, and maybe we would have more Davids. I don't know. That's something to to kind of chew on there. Because we ultimately, I think, we need to be in the place where we ultimately maybe want to spend more time in the office because we understand, even if we don't always see it, we understand that whatever it is we probably do, I'm not saying every job has great value and meaning and purpose and and all that sort of stuff. There might be some jobs out there that are just nothing but ditch digging type activities that the government's paying you to dig a ditch, fill it back up, and then dig it again. (laughs) Uh, Such jobs maybe don't make the world a better place. But by and large, I believe we live in a world that our work, generally speaking, makes the world a better place. And if we want to make the world a better place, maybe we should be willing to spend a little extra time in the office whenever we can. All right? So in conclusion, well, I think there's definitely a place to create healthy boundaries at the workplace and not sell your soul to the company store. I find the entire quiet quitting phenomenon in our culture, you know, a rather unfortunate trend. And I believe it would be good for this trend to just kind of disappear. I don't want to live in a world of quiet quitters. 
I never want to be such myself, and I hope you aren't either. I want to live in a world where people bring a sense of purpose to their work, where they go above and beyond what's asked of them, and to work hard, and to work even to the point of feeling exhausted at the end of the day. But it's in such moments that I also want to make sure that we call it out, that we take time to take a time out, to take a break, for people to close their laptops, for people to put up their tools of their trade, and to simply go home, spend time with their family, go on vacation, and then to enjoy the fruits of their labor. I ultimately believe that quiet quitting is a poor attitude towards work, and frankly, it's ultimately a poor way to live your life. You are likely to spend the vast majority of your life working. You'll often be away from family and friends because of the demands of the workplace. And if you are going to go about your life spending the majority of your life working, then I believe if you want to live a life worth living and to live ultimately well, you should strive to give more than you think you can whenever you do work. After all, if you're going to spend your life consumed in work, who wants to finish their life at the end of their days and pat themselves on the back and say, I did good enough just to get by during my years of work. That sounds like kind of a piss poor attitude, I think, right? <laughs> Who wants to just pat themselves on the back and say, well, I did a mediocre job throughout my career. The thing that I spent my life doing, my life's work, I did enough just to get by. And yeah, that's, that's something I'm proud of. I want to live a life, me personally, I want to live a life where I'm not only giving my all, but I strive to give more than I thought I could. And in doing such, I believe I will have lived a life worth living. I believe quiet quitting to ultimately be a threat to the good life, not only for my own sense of reward, but the good life for other people. For a life worth living is a life where it's worth working hard and going above and beyond and going the extra mile. So everybody, this has been Jimmy Humphrey, jimmystable.com, episode 163, Why Quiet Quitting is No Way to Work or Live. Hope everybody's had a great Labor Day weekend. If you've enjoyed this podcast, email me jimmy at jimmystable.com, or if you've hated this podcast, email me, jimmy at jimmystable.com, and let me know what you think about this entire quiet quitting phenomenon, whether I'm right, whether I'm wrong, or whether you think I need a little bit more nuance and you just want to shed a little bit of light in my eyes and help me to see. If you've enjoyed this podcast and want to continue to get updates about future podcasts, which come out on a weekly basis, go to jimmystable.com slash subscribe. And find your favorite way to subscribe to this podcast, whether through Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or even just good old-fashioned email. So that way, when you get updates of, of, of when the latest podcast comes out every week, usually early or mid-Sunday uh, during the week, um, then you'll get that notification and you'll be like, oh man, I just, I just can't wait to listen to what Jimmy has to say uh, today. And if you've not had the opportunity yet also, please 
work really hard to leave a glowing five-star review over at Apple, Spotify, and all the different places that you can leave glowing five-star reviews. I put a lot into these podcasts, and I hope, uh, you know, they're, they're almost kind of like a part-time job for me sometimes. So I hope you, uh, if I can guilt trip you and twist your arm there a little bit, <laughs> uh, hope you are impressed by the quality of these podcasts and you feel like, man, Jimmy really gives it his all every week. And that as a result, you're willing to give me all the stars you can possibly give when you give five-star reviews. So everybody, this has been Jimmy Humphrey, jimmystable.com, where I'm having conversations about the intersection of faith, life, and culture. Take care, everybody. God bless, and have a good one. That's all I have to say about that. That's the right on, man. You said it all. <laughs>